It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are into the second month of the season, and it's report card time as we rate where the Reds are and where we think they'll be heading in the next month. That's all on today's Locked On Reds. Let's go. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter or check us out on YouTube and drop a thought in our comment section because talking Reds is what we do and we want to talk Reds with you. Locked On Reds is, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And if you listen every day, thanks. And let us know that you're an everyday or down in the comment section. Shout out to Jimmy Feltner of Red Beard Breaks for sending me this awesome Tom Browning autographed baseball. Uh, you don't have to do that. You can just say, hey, down in the comments, but I appreciate him for doing so. And hey, by the way, on today's podcast, we have a reaction to give you based on what ESPN said for the first month of the season for the Cincinnati Reds. Are we sure that they're right? However, there's something about this Padres series that might have proved part of it. We'll, we'll get into why. And I think we're. I think it's time. I think it's time to say that we're worried about Tyler Stevenson, and and we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to RocketMoney.com/slash/locked-on-MLB. And Steve, where we want to manage our time today is to begin with looking at this Padre series, how it ended up a very predictable loss, I guess. I don't, I don't, that feels a little harsh to say, but when you see Luis Sessa as the probable starter, you feel like a lot of runs are going to get scored. And this is kind of playing into ESPN's grade that they gave the Reds for the month of April. Yeah, it, it all lines up really well because uh, for me, if I'm evaluating this Padre series, the Reds did exactly what I expected them to do and exactly what we asked them to do, which yeah. was not get swept. They're playing basically an all-star team with a rotation that's patchworked and a team that's full of youth uh, that are going to be inconsistent. And we're going to get into a lot of those breakdowns as we talk about this ESPN thing. Uh, but that 10 inning extra that 10 inning extras win was fun. And it was fun for me being in the stadium decked yeah. out in reds gear, you know, strutting my strut on the way out there just enough not to get jumped or anything, but still strutting my strut. And I, I had a blast. I, I just, to, to recap my time in San Diego, Jeff, and I know, you know, this, you've been out there. It is a giant 40,000 person party at Ooh. Petco park every night. And I can't wait until the day comes where we describe Great American Ballpark that way because I had a blast. It was so much fun. That extra inning game, the pitching was amazing. There was some timely hitting. Uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I really did. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, this series really captures what 
ESPN is citing as reasons to, to grade this team low. This series for me says that you and I have been right all along. They are who, you know, to quote a famous football coach, <laughs> they are who we thought they were, Jeff. They are playing exactly how we thought they would. Exciting at times, infuriating at others, very inconsistent, but a lot of fun to watch along the way. That's who we said they were going to be. And yeah. thus far, that's who they are. If you're an everydayer, you were ready for this. You knew that the Reds were going to be like this because we've been saying it since, I don't know, last October when the season ended. Yeah, like, I mean, for the longest time. And, and, and look, the way that this rotation is set up, there's three guys that you know you got a good shot to win the ball game, And there's two guys that's a coin flip or maybe even a little bit worse than that as Luis Sessa proved on Wednesday. I mean... Luis Sessa, let, let's call him what he is. I'm tired of saying Luis Sessa is not a starter because the Reds don't treat him like a starter. The Reds treat him like a glorified opener, maybe like opener plus, right? Like, like Disney plus ESPN plus something like that. Like they say, okay, maybe not one time through the order, maybe two times through the order. We're going to throw you two times through the order. And then we're going to go to the bullpen because they don't let this guy pitch a third time through the order. No, but here's the problem. Luis Sessa thinks he's a starter. So yeah. when, when major league, when other major league teams run a relief guy out there as the opener air quotes for the right. audio guys, visual, here's my air quotes. When they run him out there, when other teams run their opener out there, he still pitches like a reliever. He comes out, he throws his best two pitches. He uses maximum effort. He gets through as many guys as he can and they yank him out of there. Luis Sessa thinks in his mind that he is a starting pitcher and he's out there using his first pitch, his secondary pitch, a third pitch and trying to mix in a fourth. That is not the effective use of Luis Sessa. He no. is at his best when he focuses on his best two pitches and he, he, uses maximum effort for a reliever. Uh, that's what they need to get back to. Uh, we're ending up having Luis Sessa as an opener. You're absolutely right. The way the game plays out because he just can't make it very far into games and the bullpen is pitching the entire day. So now that we have that enough sample size to know that's how it's going to be, whoever's calling the pitches, whether it's the catchers or somebody from the dugout, they need to change their mindset and let Luis Sessa know you're throwing number one and you're throwing your breaking ball and we're going to get through as many guys as we can get through and then you're coming out. We're yeah. going to treat you like an opener until such time as somebody can come up from Louisville and then you can go back to being a bullpen guy. See, and I wouldn't mind that if he was the only guy. But it kind of feels like Luke Weaver's that same way. And, and I get it. We even talked about it. Luke Weaver worked on his pitch mix. He worked on adding a fourth pitch over the offseason to be an effective starting pitcher. He's not. I, and, and, and I'm tired of pretending that he's going to be. And look, he might have a start here or there, like his first start, where he throws six innings and he allows four runs. I almost think that's kind of his ceiling at this point. And it's a little bit frustrating to say because we're talking about a bullpen that has to pick up the mess from an opener and from Luke Weaver. And also, just in case the young sophomore starting pitchers of Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft, if they have a rough day, then they got to pick up the pieces there too. Like this bullpen might be improving, but it feels like they are being called upon so, so much. And, and, and I knew whenever Luis Sessa just, it was obvious he didn't have it very early in this game against the Padres. So then the bullpen was going to have to be called upon after two very stressful games to begin this series. They weren't going to have it. And what happened? They didn't have it. So, and, and you know, you don't get damage on Luis Sessa, or I mean, you don't get damage on Lucas Sims. You don't get damage 
on Alexis Diaz. So that's kind of nice, but it, it feels like we're starting to damage Alex young a little bit. And he had a nice start to the year. You know, to, to your point, Jeff, uh, I, I had got to spend some time hanging out with a couple people close to the team while I was out in San Diego. And uh, we were talking about Luke Weaver. And I mentioned to uh, one of these dudes, your point when we signed him of, you know, this guy wasn't good enough to start in Kansas City. And before I could get any more out, the person was like, that's absolutely right. That tells you all you need to know. <laughs> so, you know, there, there you go. Your, your point on Weaver has been validated, Jeff, because I don't think he's it. I mean, he's not been horrid in his outings, but he's also not somebody you can rely on. Sessa has been horrid and is clearly not someone you can rely on. So it brings us to a, a point in this conversation, Jeff, where moves have to be made. And I see that I see that your next guy up, the guy you've been lobbying for in Chase Anderson has now been <laughs> traded to Tampa Bay. So that's another <laughs> that's another option. Hashtag Jeff loves Chase. Oh but he is gone. So it's going to have to be one of the young guys. I mean, I, I really want to see Levi Stout get another chance. I don't care what his numbers have looked like since he went back down to triple a, it can't be worse than what Sessa is doing. It'll be, it could be equally as bad, but right. it can't be worse. Well, and I feel like too, like there's an element of, you know what, let's have him learn at this level, right? Let, let, let's just have him grow. And it's, it's the point that we're making here about these last two guys. This was something that ESPN said in their grade about the Reds April. They said that the Reds back of the rotation has been a total mess. That's part of what they said. They gave the Reds a D plus for the month of April, and they had a lot of things to say. We're really going to dissect this coming up here in a few minutes because I think that a lot of what they said makes sense. A lot of these details that ESPN has said makes sense. The problem is they're coming from the wrong perspective. No, absolutely. And we're going to get into this. I have a, a different I have a different take on what I think. You know, Jeff, you think they have a point. I think they're completely off base. We're going to tell you why both of us think those things coming up right after I shout out one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part by BetterHelp. Uh, you know, I'm a type of person that really likes to know about myself. I'm always learning new things. I'm always challenging myself. I'm always pushing myself. Uh, you know, I I'm very comfortable in my own skin. If you've met me out and about, you know, that, that I, uh, I tend to be that way. Uh, but just as soon as I get to a point where I feel like I've mastered something, uh, something new comes along and it's a new challenge for me to overcome. Uh, we weren't meant to do all of those things by ourselves, whether it's through friends or family, we all need someone to talk to. Uh, what if you feel like there's no one you can turn to, though? Well, there's always help out there. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge if you just feel like you're not making a connection with the person you've been assigned to. You can discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today, and you're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnMLB. 
You can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Uh, off day today, but they'll be back on the air tomorrow. So just download the SXM app and search the word Reds to listen tonight. As always, thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up. We're going to get you ready for the first weekend series at home in two weeks. And it's a series they should win. And we are definitely going to be telling you why. All right, Jeff, let's continue with this ESPN conversation because they rated this team as a D plus. I think that's incredibly unfair. Uh, you are, as always, try to find the optimism and you try to, to find the good and you say you can see where they're coming from. But I think they've got this completely wrong. So let's do it this way, Jeff. Tell me why you see where they're coming from. And then uh, I'll come back at you with why I think they're being unfair to the Reds. So, okay, where I begin with this is where ESPN begins. They said in one five-game stretch, the Reds beat the Phillies 13 to nothing, then lost to the Phillies 14 to three. Then they beat the Rays 8 to 1, and then they lost the next two games to the Rays by a combined score of 18 to nothing. They then get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Then they bounce back and they sweep the Texas Rangers at home. And it sums up the earlier turns on the Reds. And I think that they're kind of right there. This team is super inconsistent. It feels like they have games where they can do no wrong. They have games where they pitch well, they hit well, they play defense well. And then they have games where they just absolutely explode. I mean, we saw that there at the end against San Diego, losing 7-1. to one. We see it in a couple of bad pitching appearances at the beginning of this series. We saw it in Oakland in the final game of that series where they should have won. They should have swept that series, but they couldn't quite hold on to it there at the end. It just feels like this team sets itself up to be a good team in a lot of different cases. And then there are some days where they completely throw us off and say, no, we're, we're still not there yet. So this is where it's an advantage for me and you, for people in Cincinnati that cover this team, that watch this team, that are involved with this team every day. The folks over at ESPN aren't that. They're, they're a national perspective organization that just looks at snippets and tidbits and they look at those box scores and they see what they see and then they write something like this and grade it as a D. You and I saw this coming. Uh, and I'm not going to be dissuaded by these national guys. This team is who we thought they were going to be. We thought they were going to be better than last year. We thought they were going to be exciting at times. Mm -hmm. We thought they were going to be very frustrating at times. And we thought they were going to be a lot of fun all of the time for the most part. And that's exactly who they are. Uh, yeah, they have been inconsistent like we said they would be. But they have won some exciting games and scored runs in bunches and come from behind. Uh, they talk about the big three pitchers in this breakdown. Those guys, even though Lodolo has had a couple bad starts, he had a couple great starts. So, you know, you don't get to poo-poo him just yet. He's going to figure it out. Uh, Hunter Green, with his extension, has been very good at times. Ashcraft has been the best of the three. You know, that's a lot to be excited about. This as a whole, take that into account the way that India is playing in his return to form from his rookie year, the way that Senzel is coming on strong, the way that Friedel has come out of nowhere. Uh, the list goes on and on, Jeff. You take all of that into account. That's not a D plus. This is not a failing team or an almost failing team. I give this team right now, Jeff, a solid C plus. They don't get to be a B yet because to be a B, I think you got to be in the mix of 
the division and have a chance to win the division. And I don't think they have that yet. They could get there if, if some of these prospects come up somewhere along the way and, and make them just a little bit better where they're in a conversation, they could get a B grade. But right now, C plus for their improvements, they've improved greatly over last April where they did get an F. They got an F last year. This is a vastly improved team. They're playing yes. so much better. This is not a failing team. Uh, D, D plus is national perspective being extra hard on a team they don't understand. And D plus is also coming from a perspective of a writer that's looking at teams and they're like, who's going to contend this year? The Reds came into this season knowing that they won't. And that's where I think that the that oh, we ESPN, have a PowerPoint that says that anyway. Yeah, they yeah, there was this one guy at an event and he had yeah, he had PowerPoints and, and and you know, photo collages for it. But when it comes to where we knew this team was, that's why I think that this is wrong. Like the details of it are right. I feel like you could almost copy and paste this onto your C plus grade and it would still make sense. Like I feel like they were they were just grading this through a lens. They graded this through the same lens that they graded what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing. And that's not fair because the Reds are not trying to do what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing. So what you're telling me is that ESPN took off points for Phil's bad behavior, basically. <laughs> yeah. Description of the team. Yeah. And then you look at that PowerPoint and you he, knock uh, them out letter grade. They get points off. He forgot to put his name on top of the test, Steve. That's what oh, happened here. It. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, I, I, I think, though, with this grade, and that's the important part, is that we see folks all the time, and we talk about this Reds team with folks all the time, and they're saying, boy, oh, boy, man, the, the Reds. And I'm like, what? What about them? Like, this team, yes, they're maddeningly like annoying sometimes. And they have these, these just maddening losses, but they also have these maddening wins that like you see it and you're like, oh, God, you know, if you could just, if you could harness that, if you, all right, the pitching right there, love that game to the, the bullpen. Just if you kept doing that more often, then you would be a playoff team. The problem is they continue to set themselves up. And that's where the, the, the point that ESPN makes about the back of the rotation being the mess. And that's why we started off by talking about Luis Sesso and Luke Weaver is that those two guys completely unravel the whole situation with the bullpen. And I feel like, like we said, they need to address that. Let me ask you this, Jeff, how many times last year in the 2022 baseball season, mm -hmm. did you turn on a Reds game with the thought in your mind? All right, today could be a win. We're going to watch a victory today. How many times, if you're being honest? After you know, the month of April, not a whole lot of them. <laughs> not a whole lot. Right. This season, how many times do you turn the Reds on and say, today could be a win? We're going to tell, we're going to tell folks tomorrow why their series against the White Sox, their series against the White Sox should be a win, just like their series against the A's. So, yes, it's probably, I don't know, three out of every seven days or something, maybe even four, depending on who they're playing. That. Three out of five days for me, mm -hmm. if Green, Lodolo, or Ashcraft is starting the game, I am all in. That can be a win today. The other two, eh, it's a 50-50 proposition because you never know what the bats are going to do, right? We've seen them win games yeah. that Sessa and Weaver have both started. I yeah. mean, you know, it's not as likely, but it could happen. My point is this. They're not a horrible failing team right no. now. They're not on the cusp of being a failing team. So this grade's unfair. I'm throwing it out. I'm giving them a C plus with room to improve if they do their extra credit. So what we're saying is we give ESPN a D plus. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you mentioned the lineup too. I want to talk about that coming up here in a minute because I think it's time to start worrying about Tyler Stevenson. 
And I'm going to tell you why and why we might have figured out the secret sauce that David Bell uses to cook his lineups up each and every day. That's coming up here in just a moment. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about one of our other sponsors for today's podcast. This show is brought to you in part by, and I just lost it. Rocket Money, do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but it's actually closer to $200 a month. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower all of your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Like that one time you really wanted to watch the Spider-Man movies before they went to Disney Plus, or hey, by the way, it's May 4th, and if you don't have Disney Plus or something like that, and you're going to go for the free trial, but you don't want to keep it, whatever, make sure you cancel the free trials on time. And if you don't get rocket money, they're going to help you do that because they also help you manage your finances all in one place. They automatically categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time. And you can also get alerted if anything looks off. That's rocket money. And you go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB to get started cleaning up your finances today, because look, people can save an average of $720 a year. Rocketmoney.com slash MLB. You can catch every pitch, by the way, whenever the Reds are back on Friday, of the Reds' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just search in the SXM app. Just search Reds. And also, in between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and you're, uh, you click that bell to get notified. Steve, um, Tyler Stevenson, you know what? I was worried whenever the Cyclones lost game six in the first round of the Kelly Cup playoffs. But hey, they won game seven, one to nothing. They're moving on to the next round. That's right. I was worried whenever Star Wars said that they weren't going to do a solo two. But you know what? They've redeemed themselves with a Mandalorian, and I can't wait for Ahsoka. May the fourth be with you. I'm worried about Tyler Stevenson. He hasn't hit a home run yet. He's slugging 320 right now. It's kind of hard to spin this in a way as much as this team needs him, they kind of need him to move down in the order until he finds a swing. Yeah, I think that's probably fair at this point. You know, I was the one more than anybody else that was convinced that with uh, fewer days behind the plate, that with uh, more rest to his legs, that he was going to unlock that swing and he was going to hit for power. You know, I, I said he could top out between 30 and 40 home runs if everything went right. Well, nothing has gone right. Uh, he is not hitting with any power at all. You know, as you talk about, you know, his slugging percentage, Jeff, it's 320. 320 slugging percentage tells me everything I need to know about moving him down. So this got me to looking at David Bell's lineups. I think I cracked the code and we're going to get into that in just a minute. But I want to I want to ask you this. Is Tyler Stevenson performing enough to still run the three catcher scheme and keep him in the lineup every day? Or do you send out a catcher and bring up another hitter and just have Tyler catch? Didn't put that in the rundown on purpose. I wanted to hit you with it in real time. If I'm being honest with you, I don't think he's worrying three catchers right now. 
Um, That's the same conclusion I came to. And, and it stinks because when you look at Tyler Stevenson right now, he's got 27 hits on the season. Six of them are doubles. And that's it for his extra bases. This is a guy that he has that doubles. He's got that gap power, get them doubles. He's going to hit some home runs for you as well. He hasn't done any of that. So I'm like, okay, maybe you know what? Maybe something's off. Let's look at the peripherals, the analytics, all that different stuff. None of it's really off. In fact, according to StatCast, he's actually hitting the ball a little bit harder on average this year than he has in his career. Uh, he's above league average when it comes to average exit velocity. His, you know, the, the quality of contact statistics say that he's not getting cheated. Really, the only thing that's kind of off is that there's a little bit of higher percentage of infield fly balls that he's hitting this year. But honestly, that is looking as hard and squinting as much as I possibly can at these numbers. Like this isn't who he is. It's, it's not who he is, but usually the peripherals have something that tells me that. And I'm not seeing that, you know, if he was hitting like we thought he was going to be, I was fine with three catchers on this roster. I was fine with the plan. Uh, that's not happening. Uh, I want to hear from the everydayers, Jeff. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to hear in the, I want to see in the comment sections. I want you to hit us up on Twitter. I want to know, and maybe there's a Twitter poll coming on this. Uh, is it time to abandon the three catcher plan? I want to hear from the listeners, uh, get in the comments, get on Twitter. Let us know what you think, because I think that it could be time. Uh, all that being said, you're absolutely right that adjustments need to be made to this lineup, Jeff. And as we look at it, this is not a power hitting team. And even no. if they call up a couple guys like a Matt McLean or a CES or Ellie De La Cruz, they're going to have an adjustment period when they get to the big league level. Uh, they're not going to hit for a ton of power. They may show some pop. They may have the occasional long ball, but they're not going to come up here and hit 20 home runs apiece at any point in time during this season, I don't think. So that being said, how do you build this lineup? to be effective. It's, it's a small ball team. It's a, get them on, get them over, get them in team. So I just jokingly said, you know, what you do is you go on baseball reference, you, you click on the column for on base percentage, and that's going to give you your lineup. So I went over there, Jeff, and I did that. And the lineup that it gave me is this, uh, if we're going by baseball reference right now on base percentage, the batting lineup would be Jonathan India, Stuart Fairchild, Nick Senzel, TJ Friedel, Tyler Stevenson, Jake Fraley, Spencer Steer, Jose Barreo, and Kevin Newman. Um, kind so of the lineup, isn't it? I mean, you're moving Nixon's all up, but that's not really that different. It's not. I think we've cracked David Bell's code. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's waiting for the he's power. He's going by on base percentage. Today's red starting lineup brought to you by David Bell and your friends at baseballreference.com. Yeah, so, you know, I don't think there is a prop on FanDuel, but if there's a prop on FanDuel and you want to go predict the Reds' order, just go to on Baseball Reference and look on the on-base percentage. Yeah, and, you know, he tweaks for handedness here and there and things like that. But, yeah, honestly, the way that this Reds team has to look at scoring runs and winning games is very similar to what the Guardians have done these last two years. Now, the Reds don't have a Jose Ramirez. Nobody really does. Jose Ramirez is one of the best players in all of baseball. But for the most part, they don't have a lot of power 
outside of Jose Ramirez, they don't have a ton of guys that are swinging and hitting the ball out of the ballpark. So they have to do the get them on, get them over, get them in. They have to do the base running. The Reds are improved at base running. I think that's a big reason why the Reds are in a lot of games because they are able to stretch singles into doubles, go first to third very easily, get those stolen bases that they just haven't cared about these last few years. And it's really kind of offset their lack of power in their lineup, but they're going to have to continue to do that. They're going to have to continue to focus on that because as we have said, as we have pointed out, this team just doesn't hit for power. And until Tyler Stevenson can tap into that, I mean, he's still hitting the ball in the air. He's still hitting line drives. It's just, he has this weird thing that none of them have gone over the fence and maybe they're going to start to do that, but are they going to start to do that at a rate that is comparable to what we probably thought in spring training? I don't think they will. I, I think we're looking at a Tyler Stevenson with less power. Yeah, and I think we're asking David Bell to be a little bit more old school. I think we're asking David mm -hmm. Bell to go with the hot hand, to go with his gut, not just look at the analytics and and use those feelings and tools to put the best team on the field that he can. And really, when we get to the heart of all this, of all this Jeff, and, and I've been a little tongue-in-cheek about it, but at the end of the day, it brings us around the two major questions that everybody's been asking. Question number one, do you abandon the three-catcher proposal? Question number two, is it time to move Nick Senzel up in the lineup? And I think the answer to both of those questions is yes. Um, I, I think I will throw a, a poll up on Twitter, so go find it. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, I think as long as this is the team we're dealing with, until players are called up and changes are made, if this is the group of guys that David Bell has to work with, I think this is how you should do it. Abandon the three catchers. Build the lineup based on on-base percentage. Move Tyler Stevenson down a little bit. Move Nick Senzel up a little bit. And just score as many runs as you can. Senzel, yes. I'm still going to wait a little bit on the three-catcher thing. Because I get it. I understand what it's for. It's not necessarily about performance. It's about keeping Tyler Stevenson healthy. However, that seems to affect his performance. So if we're still talking about a Tyler Steve, like even if he only hits one home run in the month of May, if we're talking about Memorial Day and Tyler Stevenson has like one or two home runs, then I think we do need to reevaluate that plan because he's just, there's something off. I don't know what it is and I don't know where they can kind of make this change because it doesn't seem to be a fundamental mechanical thing that he can just switch and, and fix, but it's not working and something needs to be done. All right, so Jeff wants to give it another month. I'm ready to pull the trigger now, and we want to hear from you. Go find uh, the Twitter polls that I put up. Cast your vote. Jump in the comments here on YouTube. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know what you think about the lineup. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to talk baseball with you. And, Jeff, I think that is probably a good place to wrap it up for today. Absolutely, Steve. Before we get out of here, just wanted to let you know one more time, you can catch every pitch of the Hometown Broadcast on Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Reds. But that's going to wrap us up for this edition of Locked On Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every dayers, coming up tomorrow on the show, the Reds are ready for their first weekend series at home in two weeks, and it's a series that they should win.
We'll tell you why. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day with their expert analysis as they tell you the best starts, the best sets, the best waiver wire ads, the best trades to make, and the best players to keep and, and hold on to if somebody's trying to trade for them. That's Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's just like Locked On Reds, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day, and we're free and available on all platforms. Steve? As we move forward, we've got a chance at some wins here with the White Sox coming into town. We've got a chance at some uh, some good old home cooking. So what's that mean for you and me? Well, that means you and I are going to be dialed in on breaking down all of the action at Great American Ballpark this weekend. We're going to be locked in on the waiver wires, the transaction wires, the rumor mills, the minor league teams. We're going to bring all that information back and report to you all and keep you locked on Reds every single day. It's May, and I'm tied with Tyler Stevenson for home runs. I think we nailed that episode. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.